0: Welcome to the Any Given Day Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Palin, and I'm offering a reality-based approach to coaching the warfighter on how to shoot, move, and communicate more effectively on the front lines and the home front. is easily up in the 150s, maybe 160s right now. I have done at least 10 or so podcasts, but this is the first one that I've done solo, let alone host. I've hosted before uh, in tandem with my good friend Hunter, uh, but never solo, and this is a totally different animal as I'm standing in this 12x12 room, just me and a microphone. Maybe it's appropriate, though, because my mom used to say that I would argue with my own shadow. Maybe this is me proving her right. Let's just hope that at the end of the day, this ends up being effective. Before we get in to episode one, the inaugural episode, let's talk about the intro music for a moment. Because that music is my own. And a- actually, I should backtrack a little bit there. It is not my own. It was produced for me by a gentleman named George Geo Johnson. From an earlier life, a former life that I used to live as a hip-hop artist. Maybe this is me tapping back into it, but no, I will not be freestyling anytime soon for y'all, so do not hold your breath. That said, that track is called Glory, and it is in honor of a fallen friend, Dave McDowell, who gave his life in combat. And the chorus to that song is, Glory is he who died for thee, God of war. And I feel like that's very appropriate, given my goal with this podcast is to educate the warfighter on all things physicality. And certainly the night that we lost Dave, there were some lessons learned with regard to physicality and his influence continues on within this podcast episode one do the slow things silent and the fast things violent because let's face it there is a time for violence and a time for silence but with both of these we need to bring a high degree of both attention and intention and we'll unpack that a little bit hopefully later on in the episode First, I'm going to give, I guess, the military example. Let's say you're on a mission and you need to breach a gate into a courtyard. Well, you could do that silently, climbing the wall, unlocking it, opening it, opening it up quietly from the inside. Or you could do that violently. You could breach that gate explosively or with a vehicle. Something along those lines from the outside. Both of those highly effective. Both of those come with a great degree of attention and also intention, but they're polar opposites. One is more meant, or I should say more conducted under control, and it's done slowly and silently. The other one, is more about being explosive. And so we want that to occur fast and violent. Let's tone it back from that a little bit and talk about a weight room example. Well, right now in the Warfighter program, on one of the days, we have a high plank with a shoulder tap. So just imagine yourself here, you're in a push up position, and you are quietly taking one hand off of the ground. The idea being that your body, the rest of your body, remains like a statue. And you take that hand and you touch it to the opposite shoulder, bring it back down, and then switch, performing the same action with the opposite arm. Well, in this, the cue that I would give is, hey, you've got a hot cup of coffee on your back, filled to the brim, and you don't want to spill it. And so make sure that you maintain control. So in this case... We are performing that movement slowly and silently. Versus on this separate day, one of my favorites, we have a dumbbell complex. And within that dumbbell complex is a very similar movement. It's a high plank with this alternating rotational row. However, the intention is extremely different. The intention here is to be as explosive As possible. And so you rip that dumbbell off the ground, driving that elbow past the hip, replace it, rip it off on the other side. You are loud and you are violent throughout that movement. So now we kind of see these two extremes and how they have very, very different outcomes. And so I think the no man's land that we really want to avoid is sort of this, I'm going to call it a zone of apathy. Right, that lays somewhere in the middle of you're not really bringing much attention or intention. You're kind of just going through the movements. As an aside real quick, I want to mention that a lot of us might have thought of the saying slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I want to say that that's not what I'm talking about today. We'll sort of touch on it because the idea behind that phrase is really that we want to be efficient before we just want to be violent. And that is true for high-skilled movements, right? Because if we put a whole bunch of violence behind something that needs precision, but we don't have the skill that allows us to do that efficiently, we're not going to be effective. Today, though, we're really not talking about that. We're talking about slow being silent. Yes, also smooth, but that smooth is not fast because fast is fucking fast. Movement can be both violent and beautiful when the skill is high. What immediately comes to mind is that video that compares Olympic weightlifting to powerlifting. And the weightlifters are performing these beautiful movements these nice deep squats this perfect upright torso right like executing flawlessly you could almost imagine this symphony playing like filling the halls echoing through the rafters these beautiful strings and then they show the power lifting and what it really is is these more aggressive type of movements right Both absolutely have their place. They're different. They're similar, but they're different. But the point is that those weightlifting movements are occurring with a high degree of violence. But it's beautiful because there is also high skill of execution. I think about this too with regard to like shooting. I imagine, let's say... A day one private trying to breach a door with a shotgun, right? Like that's powerlifting. His precision isn't going to be phenomenal. His ability to manipulate the weapon system, not that phenomenal. However, like it or not, that shotgun is violent. And then I think of my friend Josh, who I used to coach, who is now a competitive shooter. And I've seen videos of him on Instagram where he is moving with this high fluidity from obstacle to obstacle, and he's also engaging targets with that same degree of fluidity, and it's because he is, he, he's precise. He has a high level of skill. Do not be fooled. He is also deadly. He is moving aggressively with violence, but they can in fact coexist. So if we're talking about slow being silent, when do we want to be slow? I would argue in the weight room, we typically want to be slow when we want a lot of tension. One obvious place for that is a static hold, right? Or an isometric, because what is slower than the absence of motion? I can't think of anything. And so holding different positions, obviously we need a lot of tension there. And it's performed so damn slow that you're literally not moving. But what about also if we're trying to start to add some movement into something, but we want to involve uh, coordination, but in a way that's coachable and controllable? Because I think that's a big part of slow being smooth is that it needs to be controlled. And so I think back to when I learned to play the drums. You don't start out with a drum roll. I don't know if that drum roll is going to sound through the mic. Hopefully it does. But you don't start there, right? You start with quarter notes. The old ta, 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 right? One, two, three, four. Then, as your coordination enhances, you can start to add notes between the notes, the rhythm is the same, but the speed is faster because your coordination is better. And so now that's the one and two and three and four and. From there, who knew we were going to turn this into a musical episode, right? From there, we have our 16th notes. So now we're in that one e a 2 e a So again, just notes between the notes. The rhythm is the same. It's just sped up. And ultimately, we're working toward getting multiple bounces per stroke that we would need to perform a drum roll. And so slow can help us wade our way into the waters, holy alliteration, of coordination. And I got a rhyme in there. Here I promised I wouldn't rap. So what's another great time to be slow? Well, I would say when we're trying to coordinate multiple joints while minimizing compensatory patterns. Well, what the hell do I mean by that? What I really mean is sometimes we want certain joints to move in conjunction with each other while other ones maybe remain completely stable. So let's picture an overhead movement, maybe something like a wall slide with the lift off, which is is a favorite exercise of mine for helping teach some dynamic stability for the overhead movement. And really what we're trying to do there is maintain some integrity through the torso while coordinating that simultaneous movement of our shoulder blades and our upper arm and we're trying to do that in a way that minimizes compensation and so we want that to be controlled because if i just said hey lift your arms overhead as fast as possible well one if i blink i'll miss it and i won't be able to coach anything and two they might dive right into their compensatory patterns. Much like whenever I watch myself do something that's extremely explosive on video, or at least I should say (laughs) intended to be extremely explosive, I will see a lot of my compensations come out. If I do an explosive chest pass with a medicine ball, for example, I'm going to chicken peck my head. And I'm okay okay with that, right? I'm willing to make that trade-off, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But if I really want to focus... On that same pressing pattern, I'm going to want to slow it down to try to train the coordinative elements. And within that, as a coach, it also provides a teaching opportunity because if somebody moves under control, they can actually feel what they're experiencing and I can pause them. I can take them to that dead stop, to that static hold, and I can reposition them if need be. So when else do we want to be slow? Well, a little bit more exciting spot to be slow is going to be our eccentric portion of a lift. Let's take a heavy back squat, for example. As you're sitting down, you probably don't just want to plummet to the earth. I like to tell people, think about pulling yourself down into that bottom position. The main reason is that we want to maintain positional integrity So that we reverse direction, explode out of the bottom, and that barbell has the trajectory that we want it to. As opposed to, if we drop too fast and we get out of position, it's going to be harder for us to change direction. Harder for us to be explosive on that concentric or that up portion. Now this is a good time to mention. Slow is a relative term. It's not an absolute If it was an absolute, we'd probably be stuck at static. Same thing for that lowering portion of a squat. If I'm about to squat a one rep max, I don't want to drop so slow that I have nothing left in the tank to accelerate back up. I'm only going to drop as slow as I need to, to maintain positions that allow me to reverse course and stand the hell back up. So slow is relative slow is control slow is smooth i love that i just i i just dro- i don't know if you, i is smooth i just try to drop my voice there and i shouldn't even say try to happen inadvertently but it happened and we're going to leave it and we're going to leave this little portion in of me talking about unintentionally intentionally dropping my voice so when do we want to be fast well fast i'm not going to say is a relative term fast i am going to say in this case when we are trying to be violent, is an absolute term. When we want to close the distance as fast as possible, when we want to achieve overmatch through explosiveness, when we want to exert as much force as possible in as short a time as possible, that is violence. What about quickness? I'm going to kind of put quickness in a different camp. I think quickness has a rhythm to it. It has a coordination to it. It can have a high rate of speed, but that speed doesn't necessarily get us anywhere. If we think about the weight room, imagine an agility ladder, right? Which have come under fire recently. I still love it. It still trains a good amount of coordination, which is highly needed in the military community. But it's not necessarily the best way to train, quote, speed, Well, no different than somebody in sport trying to juke somebody else. Sometimes those movements are performed a little more quick than they are fast because they're trying to create the illusion of going somewhere without actually going anywhere. And what about a tactical example? Well, think of manipulating your weapon system. Something as simple as manipulating the safety. You want to be able to do that quickly. But that's not necessarily going to cover any ground. But we still want to do that with a high level of coordination. Similar for something like a magazine change. Yes, that is going to be performed quick. That quickness is relative to your proficiency in that task. However, it's not going to be performed violently. At least probably not. So... Think about the weight room and when we want to be violent. When do we want to be fast? Well, no shit when we're doing speed and power work. And I'm going to go ahead and add also when we are doing the concentric portion of most of our heavy lifting. I will say this. You need to earn the right to be more advanced with speed and power training. What do I mean by that? What I mean is this. I could take any schmo off the street, teach him how to deadlift in a matter of minutes, and have him yank a trap bar off the ground as aggressively and explosively as possible and feel fairly comfortable and fairly confident that they're going to perform that safely and effectively. And what I mean by effectively is explosively, that I think they could demonstrate relative to their abilities a high amount of power in that movement. If I took that same person in that same amount of time, I do not think that I could teach them a snatch in the same way because there's more nuance to it. There's more skill involved. They need to work toward that. Simplicity, keep this in mind, never goes out of style. A lot of us have a lot of competing demands that don't allow us to get that proficient In these more advanced movements, we don't necessarily need to. Keep the main thing the main thing. What are you training for? You're training to be fast. You're training to be explosive and to be violent. Keep it simple. Certainly, if you're interested and if you have the bandwidth, work the skill, work the efficiency of more advanced movements. The beauty is you can do that simultaneously and side by side. One does not necessarily have to negate the other. So what are some simple ways in the weight room that we can train speed, power, violence? Well, sprints, easy. Other plyometrics, think jumps, hops, bounds. Also think things like a med ball, throws, slams, passes. We can do all of these things very violently, but also it's easy. And it's also easy to keep it safe and keep it effective. And again, by effective, what I really mean is, can we express a whole lot of power? So again, today's episode, do the slow things silent and the fast things violent Try to avoid that middle ground, that no man's land, that zone of apathy where you're just going through the motion. It can serve you well when you need to conserve energy, something like a CrossFit competition. I'm imagining that person who's sort of just plummeting to the earth and collapsing, letting that knee slam on the floor, bouncing back to an almost standing position, reversing course, dropping the other other knee, bouncing back up, and you're like, you can see them, right? Like they're in that dark place and they have zoned out. There's a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. But typically we want to spend our time at the other ends, the other extremes where we are working something more slow, more smooth, more under control or extremely explosively. But in both cases, we are bringing our attention And we are executing it to the best of our skill. And we are bringing intention, whether that intention is to be smooth or that intention is to be violent. Do the slow things silent and the fast things violent. So to wrap up this episode, let's talk about the slow things, the silent things, and review those. Typically, but not always, we want more tension involved in these activities. Certainly, we want more focus, more control. One thing I didn't bring up earlier is breath work, especially if we're breathing to reduce tension or downregulate. Mobility and stability, and of course, we discussed dynamic stability and what that means. Strengthening the supporting cast. What comes to mind for me is shoulder and hip rotators but also things like the low back and the low abs a lot of times when we're developing those we want focus and control we want tension when we are developing coordination working toward a place where we can be explosive and i gave that drum roll example earlier the eccentric portion of most exercises often the lowering but not always and we talked about the squat. How about the entire movement if we're looking for a different outcome, if we're looking to maximize that time under tension because we want endurance or we want to build muscle? I should say, too, that tension doesn't necessarily mean tense because tense can be invasive and it can be debilitating. One last thing on the slow and silent things is there's often an internal focus we're often thinking about what is our body doing versus the fast the violent the explosive things we often have an external focus we're thinking about slamming that ball through the floor throwing it through the wall jumping through the ceiling external focus so again recapping the fast things explosive work sprints I should have added to that sled work, which certainly can be sprints, but there are lots of other explosive things we can do with a sled. Plyometrics. I mean, any of its cousins. So whether we're talking body weight, right? Uh, jumps, hops, bounds, sprints, shuffles, etc., Med ball, throw, toss, slam, pass. Other implements too, like barbells, sandbags, sledgehammers. Anything where we're moving something a little lighter, a little faster. Weightlifting and weightlifting variations and alternatives. I love variations and alternatives for the military population because, generally speaking, they involve less skill. And we talked about the more advanced the skill, the more skill is needed to control the violence. And so that's something you have to work toward. Of course, the concentric portion of most exercises. So if we're looking on control, or excuse me, if we're looking to control that descent, it's in part to set up a very explosive ascent. This wraps up episode one. I'd like to thank you to those who took the time to listen. I have learned that 20 minutes is not enough time to unpack a topic. So at this point, there's really nothing left to do, but cue up the outro and remember that what you do with every day you're given determines the outcome on any given day.